Thanks for listening. Join us now for Perry and Shauna Replay from 89.3 Moody Radio. Bitterness, when you and I hold on to it, it's like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. That's what Taya Grokager has learned many times over. Taya is a singer, songwriter, and worship leader, probably best known for her song, Oceans. When I was younger, I went to this really sweet small church. There was about 25 people, and that was a revival Sunday, so usually there was 20. I got to be a part of the worship team. I wasn't paid to be there. My whole family was serving on the creative team, and it's where I discovered the presence of God. It's where I discovered His Holy Spirit, and just watching Him work amongst many people's lives and learning the joy of not forsaking the gathering together of the saints and breaking bread together and you know you'd have those homemade little slices at the end of church and you'd be on the coffee and tea team and you're like oh there's not enough sugar so we need to quickly get some more and I'm really grateful for that experience growing up but something happened when I was about 16 my parents wanted to move to a different city and when I say city I really shouldn't say that word because it's definitely just a small country town (laughs) and they just didn't want to have to spend the money to then you know trek out to this other city uh, for Sundays so we just were hoping to find a church closer to where we're moving to so my parents respectfully asked to receive uh, the pastor's blessing to be able to go to this new place with their blessing but it was such a small church and my my parents were elders of the church and um, again all volunteer but they didn't get the blessing and so unfortunately there was a breakaway and um, it was a really difficult and painful time for my parents and being a little bit younger I didn't fully understand it but I kind of got the sense that unfortunately things didn't go the way that they had hoped when you're in a grocery store in a small town and people kind of pretend like they don't really know you even though you've been you know in ministry with people for 10 years because there was a break in relationship it can be really quite difficult and my my mom is now back in church and and she you know is tithing and and loves to sing worship to Jesus you know with all of a heart and my dad hasn't stepped back in, into church but I know that God has his own beautiful story of redemption with my dad and it's at his pace not my own and I say all that to say because I have learned that perhaps when something happens and we we look to other people and, and their responses and whether it's in disappointment or a leader failing so easily we can become bitter you know I think when you're holding on to bitterness it's like you are drinking poison but expecting the other person to die when you know the only thing that we can really deal with is our response that's worship leader Taya and that's from the walk podcast from worship leader magazine it is really easy to, to get bitter, you know, because we're broken people, we're fallen, we're sinful people. And, and in the church, it's easy to get bitter and hold a grudge and to let that bitterness grow and to keep us away from the very thing that we need. But I get it. We can get hurt big time in a real way. And it's something that we've got to, to press through and not let it ruin us. Yeah, I think one of the hardest things about you know, God's good and great plan for us to live in community is that we're people and that we're sinful people. 
and we hurt each other and we disappoint each other and we have stuff that we have to work through. We all do. I mean, we all do. If you're a part of community, whether that's family or whether that's you work at a place or you're at church, you get stuff you need to work through with the people that you're doing life with. Yeah. And God in his goodness not only said, this is good for you guys to be in relationship with one another, but he also said, let me show you how to do it. And the word of God gives us a, you know, a, a plan for when things are, when you get something between you, this is how I want you to work it out. And this is how I want you to go about it. And, and we're reminded time and time again in scripture to just take on the same mindset as Christ, to be forgiving, to be loving, to be a servant to others around us. So he doesn't just say, all right, you guys figure it out. The word of God tells us how to be with one another. Yeah. Matthew 18 talks about when we're wronged by somebody, you know, we go to that person one-on-one and, you know, we got to be prayed up. You know, when we go to that person who's offended us, who's wronged us, and we go to them and we humbly but honestly share, you know, the hurt that we've absorbed from them. Mm-hmm. And then if they don't listen to us, then we're to, to bring a couple other people with us. Yeah. You know, you can read that in Matthew 18. It, it outlines how to do it. And so often we skip that first step. We go to somebody else, you know, and we, yeah. we share that. And even when we follow the pattern, sometimes it doesn't work out. But the only thing I can control, I'll just speak for myself, the only thing I can control is my own heart, mm-hmm. my own attitude. I remember in, went to a church in Phoenix and got a call that the pastor wanted to see me. And he, he had heard something from somebody else about something they thought I believed. And, you know, the pastor the pastor called me out on it. You know, he met with me one-on-one. Sure. He, he did the right thing, actually, mm-hmm. as I'm thinking of it right now. He did the right thing, and I was able to clarify my position, and he said, oh, that's that's what I believe as well. But what I wish had happened is that the guy I shared this conversation, this belief with, I wish he'd have come that's to right. me, yeah. not gone to the pastor. Yeah. You know, so I did feel a little wonky about that, but... I guess the point is you go to that person, mm-hmm. not somebody else. And honestly, that that is such good instruction. That is wisdom from the Lord. But that's almost like there's tons and tons of wisdom in Scripture that will hopefully help you before you even get to that point. Do you know what I mean? Like stuff that deals with the pride in our heart, stuff that, you know, where the Word of God tells us not to be jealous and to be generous and you know, to encourage and bless, only speak out what is good, speak life. Like there's just so much instruction that's going to benefit and bless our relationships. Yeah. And when you, when it comes down to it and there's something going on and you just cannot figure it out, you know, then yeah, we've got the Matthew scripture to, all right, here's how we resolve this thing. Such a fall, such a fun fall, beautiful fall that we have this year. And on Saturday over the weekend, my daughter, my youngest, was home from college, and we went apple picking. It was perfect. It was cold. It was really cold, but you want it to be cold when you go apple picking. But anyway, we picked up our mother-in-law and headed out to Fenville, and we're at Crane's Apple Orchard. And And as we arrived, we were picking out our little cart and getting our bags to put our apples in, and Haven started to read the instructions on how to pick apples. I can't tell you how many times I've been to Crane's, but I have never seen instructions before. I don't know if they've always been there or if that's a new thing. But Haven brought it to my attention. And I was like, oh my goodness, look at that. So 
here's the deal. If you've never read the instructions on apple picking before, this is how it works. Step one, twist the apple three times. And then two, point the bottom of the apple towards the sky. And then step three, little tug. And if the apple's ready, it just comes right off. Okay. I've been picking apples since I was a little kid because in Sheboygan, we had apple orchards. And it was just a small jaunt from O'Brien Drive through the Grove down to the apple orchard. And we just go there and, and eat apples. Yeah. You just pull them off. You just pull them. You just grab and yank, I right? Needed, I needed no instructions. <laughs> That's how I've always done it, too. You just find the apple you want. You know, I'll see, like I set my sights on one. And I'm like, ooh, that one looks good. I want that one. And so I weasel my way through the branches, reach up, grab that thing. I don't care if it's ready or not. I want it. And so I just yank mm-hmm. until it comes off. I think you can tell by what what it looks like. If it's ripe or not? Yeah, if it's not really... true, Perry. There's instructions, man. <laughs> they, say, they say this is the way to know if they're ripe. All right. I, I've been doing this <laughs> since I was a little kid, and I didn't know much then. And, well, no, I, don't I don't know that much now, but... Since they own an orchard and all, I'm thinking maybe they got something on us on, when it comes to knowing if an apple is ripe yeah, or not. I suppose. I they, suppose. they might know something. They might know yeah, something. I guess we should be teachable. <laughs> That's correct. Yeah. Yeah, but on Saturday, as we were picking, there were definitely times when I like spotted my apple, went in, you know, got my hands on that thing. And it's always like the ones that are high and hard to reach that I'm going for. You know, it's not just the one that's right in front of you. So I get there and then I do the thing, the instructions, the twist three times, point the bottom to the sky and then little tug and it wouldn't come. And I was like, I was so tempted to just yank that thing. Mm -hmm. You know, I was like, that's the one. I want that apple. Yank it. But no, 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 no. You got (laughs) to wait until they're ready. That's the whole point. And I just couldn't help but think as we're doing our apple picking on this day, like, I feel like this is how we engage with, with evangelism sometimes. You know what I mean? Somebody comes into our life and, you know, somebody that we love and we realize that they don't know Jesus and we're like, booyah, I'm going to yank. You know what I mean? I'm going to like bring them across the line of faith. I'm going to share the gospel. We're going to do the prayer. We're going to bring them to church, you know, and we're just like gung ho going for it instead of paying attention to maybe some signs that they're ripe and that they're ready to hear the gospel. I think that a great question is to know if where they're at is like just the other day I said to a guy who came to fix our furnace, I said, is your faith important to you? Mm -hmm. That's all I said. Is your faith important to you? And man, he just went boom, 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 boom. We, We just got into a great conversation. Now I've said that before. I've asked that before and I get crickets. Mm-hmm. So you you can kind of tell. Well, I feel like that's a little bit of like twist three times, yeah. you know? I mean, there's some process going on there, right? Yeah. yeah. You're paying attention to what the Holy Spirit's doing and where their readiness is and where their heart is at. I just think there's something for us to take home from this, you know, apple picking analogy. You are a messenger of the good news. Oh my goodness. Share the good news. Let's Let's be in constant communication with the Father about it and be paying attention to the signs of readiness and let's love people well enough that we're willing to love them through their journey Yeah, and just be okay with where they're at yeah. and stay with them. Yeah. They might be a green apple on the tree. They might be a ripe apple. They might be a discarded apple on the ground. Those are the ones we really need to be going after right. and picking up. No apple left behind. There you go. (laughs) As you head into your day, take this with you. No apple left behind. (laughs) 
You are so fortunate. And so am I. Romans 4, 7 and 8 from the message. Fortunate or blessed or happy are those whose crimes are whisked away, Mm. whose sins are wiped clean from the slate. Fortunate, blessed, happy, lucky, if you will, Mm. the person against whom the Lord does not keep score. Love that. Isn't that great news? The Lord doesn't keep score. If he kept a record of sins, who would be able to stand? I would not be able to stand. Who can ascend his holy mountain, it says in the Psalms, only the one who has clean hands and a pure heart. Only Jesus is worthy of ascending the hill of the Lord. And it's only through his forgiveness can we come near to God. And I'm so grateful this morning that the Lord does not keep score. He's not counting my sins against me. My sins were nailed to the cross. The the record of all of my sins were there at the cross and they were nailed to it in the person of Jesus. And I am fortunate. Indeed. There's another translation that says, what happy fulfillment is ahead for those whose rebellion has been forgiven yeah. and whose sins are covered by blood. Yeah. Let's, let's call sin for what it is. It, our sin is... Our sins are crimes. Mm -hmm. Our sins are rebellion. It's not just brokenness. You know, it's not just, you know, we're just kind of having a hard time, you know, getting through these attitudes. It's, it's a poison in us. Mm -hmm. I'll just speak for myself. Sin is a poison in me. You can speak for all of us. This is truth. Okay. All right. Speak for all of us. I'm going (laughs) to speak for myself. The poison in me is sin and it's killing me, but... I've got the antidote, mm-hmm. and the so, antidote is Jesus Christ and the blood that he shed on the cross. And he speaks over us. He speaks over you this morning. I will never hold your sins against you. Man, that is such good news. I needed to hear that on today. What a promise Jesus gives you and me. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. But so often, my heart is not pure. There's stuff in my heart, junk in my heart that I need to bring into the light and have Jesus wash me clean, and he does. I want to be pure in heart so I can see God clearly. One of the things for sure that keeps me from seeing God, keeps my heart from being pure, is unforgiveness. And Taya feels this so deeply. I was, you know, on a creative team and leading and someone had wronged me and hadn't apologized. And I was dealing with that in my heart with the Lord. And I was actually on platform leading a Sunday service. And that person walked in and this wasn't even their church campus that they would normally attend. And they came to the front row. And I was thinking some bad responses in my head of like, I would love to, if I'm just being honest, I would love to step off the platform and perhaps have a little... Ah, rough and tumble moment. I can't lie. And, you know, I was a little taller than this person. So I thought this, yeah, I could take them. Great. This is the moment that we're going to deal with this. And the next words that came out of my mouth, because I was actually still worship leading at this time, kind of tells you just the honest thoughts that can go on in your head, was my judge and my defender. And instantly I was like, great. God is my judge. God is their judge. God is my defender. God is their defender. I don't have to say a word. And I felt the kindness of God in that moment because he arrested me in that moment. 
reminded me that he sees everything, he knows everything, and nothing is hidden from him. And all I can control in that moment is my response. I couldn't force an apology. I couldn't even say, hey, but you wronged me in this. And, you know, classic God, by the time that that person apologized about a year later, I was able to truly say, I forgive you and I have forgiven you for a long time and I have nothing but love in my heart. And the only reason you can say that when those moments happen is because you've met with Jesus and you've soaked in the presence of God and just allowed him to do that work. And and again, I can't believe that, you know, the last couple of years, it feels like I'm kind of in that place again. And I'm like, Lord, you really are shaking everything that is not, that has not been built upon you And to be honest, like, we pray for this stuff. Lord, we want revival. We want to see your face. But repentance comes before a revival. And what is revival? It's removing the blockages that have allowed us to not see God. And in Matthew 5, 8, it says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they'll see God. And that's like a lovely thing to have. And that's like the true desire of my heart. But for that to happen... All the blockages have to be removed and I have to be humble enough to allow God who sees everything anyway to do heart surgery and say, hey, I want to deal with this and I want to talk about this because if my desire is to see him, I have to let him in. That's worship leader Taya from the Walk podcast, uh, Worship Leader Magazine. And I don't know about you, but when I when I need to just get the junk out of my heart, I will often just write it out very honestly, very rawly, just write it out and get real. Yeah, me too, 100%. Like I don't even necessarily know how I feel or what I feel until I take a pen and a piece of paper and just kind of start letting it come out that way. And I can read back and go, oh, okay, that's where you're at, Sean. (laughs) But it definitely is a way of identifying what it is that I need to bring before the Lord. Yeah. And I don't think we can get honest with the Lord, really, 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 truly, deeply honest, unless we know that God loves us, that that He forgives us, mm-hmm. that He's He's willing to hear us. We we come to God as a believer in Christ. I come to God clean, even though there is stuff in my heart that needs to be made right. Because of what Jesus has done, I've been forgiven of all my sins, past, present, and future. So I come to God clean, and I'm actually confessing and repenting and coming clean about things that I'm already forgiven of. Right, right. But it's, it's part of that process of, of being changed and being purified and being more, made more like him. Yeah. We had a conversation on Tuesday. You weren't here on Perry, but... Um, on Tuesday, but we had a conversation about vulnerability and being vulnerable with the Lord. And when you're vulnerable with somebody else, the thing that's so scary about that is you just don't know how they're going to respond. You know, like they could be totally taken aback by what you shared. There might be just, you know, the, I, I wasn't expecting that kind of response because they have that element of surprise going on. But when we're vulnerable with God, we know 100% he already knows. Mm-hmm. He already, before you came clean, he already knew what you were sharing. He was just waiting for you to be honest and vulnerable with him and share that with him. And we know that he's good. So his response to us being vulnerable is going to be love. And, you know, he's going he's gonna to love on us and he's, he's not going to judge us for it. He's going to grab onto us, forgive us, express that we are forgiven. 
that's what we have to look forward to when we're vulnerable with God. Yeah, I think when we get really real with our sin, I've experienced this where I've gotten really real in a way I've never gotten real before. And the Lord has said to me, you know, not audibly, but to my mind, I've been waiting for you Mm -hmm. to say that a long time. Good job. I am absolutely loving the fall colors right now. I cannot get enough of it. Do you remember a few years ago, Perry, we drove down to Chicago Yep. and the entire drive, I'm like, you were driving. I was in the passenger seat and I'm like, oh my goodness, that's so pretty. Look at that. Oh my goodness. Look, that's amazing. I just love taking in the beauty when I'm driving around and I, from here to Middleville, cause I live in Middleville, the station's out in Zealand. So as I'm going home, not on the way here, cause it's dark, but on the way home, I pass. obviously I'm going the same route. So I'm passing the same trees and I'm just seeing daily how they're changing right before my eyes. And it's just so beautiful. I love it. But I love how every single one of the trees is different from one another. I think it's the variety. There's this one spot when I'm going home on M6, right at 131, as I cross over 131, it's kind of a high point and you can see for miles in either direction. You just see the tops of the trees, you know, it's like little bubbles of color and it's green and orange and yellow and red and oh my goodness, it's so pretty. And I love how every tree is different. You know, there's the trees that are still green and that's okay. You know, they're taking their time with fall. (laughs) They're still enjoying summer. I don't know, but they're still green. That's fine. And then there's the ones that are bright yellow where the whole tree is just like a yellow tree, like something you'd see on Dr. Seuss or something. And then there's, you know, the orange trees. And then there's this vibrant red. There's this color between orange and red too. I don't even know what you would call that, but like this amazing, brilliant, bright color. I love it. I love all of it, but I love the diversity of it too. And it kind of blows my mind that you can have the same kind of trees planted side by side. So, you know, they're experiencing the same elements. Like they've got the same amount of rain. They've got the same amount of sun. They're planted in the same kind of soil. Yet they're all at totally different stages of this thing that we call fall and all their colors, right? Each one is beautiful in its own right, but they're so much more beautiful when we see them all together because they're different. It's because of their diversity that they're so beautiful. And I feel like that's a picture of what the church should be like. You know, the people of God, we're all at different places in our walk with God. We're all growing and we're all learning, but we're not all the same. And that's okay. I mean, actually that's, that's good. Like that's what makes us even more beautiful. And some of us are, you know, in our spiritual walk, some of us are maybe learning to fast, never had a practice like that before. Some learning to pray, some opening up the word of God and, and getting in a practice of spending time with the Lord each day. Some learning to hear God speak to us, right? Or to pray in the authority that Jesus has given us to pray in. And we're all in this at a different place in our journey. And that's totally okay. But when the world looks at the church, it should be as beautiful as a drive through the country roads on a peak fall day. And we all have weaknesses. You know, we all all have flaws and weaknesses and shortcomings within the the family of God. And, you know, we need to give each other a lot of grace. Mm -hmm. And there are people who have less faith. They don't have enough faith. I have a friend who, who just can't believe he can't trust. He doesn't know how to trust. And I have to be really forbearing with him because I can get impatient. You know, because mm-hmm. can't you just see it? You know, God loves you. He just doesn't have enough faith. And so I think when we are 
sensitive to the weaknesses of others and even to the lack of faith in others, that shows to the world Mm -hmm. our grace and our beauty. Yeah, absolutely. You know, this whole analogy of the trees never to being in a different season. One of the things that I have come up against personally is how, you know, we're all growing at this different pace. And I see some of the other trees and I compare myself. I go, oh my goodness, she's so red. You know, that's so beautiful. Or he's so green. You know, I wish I still had that. You know, I don't know, whatever. Just like jealousy at where everybody else is at in their journey. And sometimes I'm just frustrated with my own growth and development. Like, I thought I wouldn't be here anymore. You know, I thought by the time I hit 50, I'd be further along in this thing and be more mature and and all of that. But we're all on the journey that we're on, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think what we need to celebrate, we can celebrate the diversity in one, each, in one another, in each other, but we also can celebrate that we're connected to the vine and that we're still growing wherever that happens to be. Whatever phase you're in, you're still growing. So stay after it. Here's some good news from Philippians 2, verse 13. For it is God who's at work in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Stay connected. Keep doing the work. Thanks for listening to Barry and Shauna Replay. To learn more, text us at 800-968-8930. That's 800-968-8930.